everyone. Welcome to Celebrating 60-something. I guess I should say welcome back to Celebrating 60-something because I haven't done this in a while. But I promised that I would read some Christmas stories during the month of December, so I figured today was a great day to start doing that. Well, actually, I'm going to tell one of my own stories, and then I'll read a couple of stories. So thanks to those of you who sent in a story. I appreciate it, and I think we'll get to those, all of them. And then... um. I also appreciate the emails and the text messages and just the sweet little, you know, comments sometimes on uh, Facebook or Instagram. I appreciate that. I hope you'll share the Christmas stories today and share the Facebook page and the website as well. And maybe I can get back into this again. It would be really great if I could. But we'll see what happens. So to start off with today, I'm going to just tell you a story that happened in our own family. So my daughters and I were standing in a store, and I can remember one of them saying, oh, she's so pretty, and the other one saying, can we get her, Mom? And we were looking at a beautiful angel, and it was at Christmas time. Well, I picked up the angel, and I looked at the price, and actually it wasn't too bad, considering that we weren't in a really uppity store, fancy store. We were just at a little out-of-the-way place in the town that we used to live in. I think she would be perfect, I remember saying, let's get her. Yay! And I remember they danced and clapped and jumped around a little bit. Well, years earlier, we had moved to a large city in California when our children were really small, and Cammie, my youngest, was not even born yet. That first Christmas, we felt a little bit sad as we weren't used to Christmases with palm trees and warm weather. We'd never mowed the lawn and gone to the beach on Christmas Day, but we did that year. We laughed as all the convenience stores and the gas stations painted their windows with those, you know, bright, cheery scenes that include Santa Claus and reindeer and holly and snowmen. And we used to think, what for? There's not even a cloud to be seen anywhere, let alone a snowflake. We also missed our families back in the Rocky Mountains where there was plenty of snow that year for Santa to land his sleigh and to make for cozy nights by the fireplace telling Christmas stories. But alas, that was not what was happening for us in California. It was just a wee bit different. Still nice, but different. Well, one night, just a little before Christmas, there was a knock on our door, and we were all excited to see who it was. And when we opened the door, no one was there, but there on the porch was a package. Well, I carried it into the house, and of course, all the kids came running to see what it was. Inside was a note that said, On the first month of Christmas. The first month of Christmas, I thought, well, that's kind of weird. We had heard of the first day of Christmas, as the song goes, and we also know about giving gifts for the 12 days before Christmas to, you know, unsuspecting neighbors and friends. Well, we were living in Kansas a few years before that, we had actually received a lot of little small gifts on our porch every night for the 12 days leading up to Christmas. And that was so fun for the three little boys that we had at the time to hear the doorbell ring and then to run to the porch and see what what was there. We never caught the secret Santas, but the small goodies and the little treats were so fun for my kids that year. It just made the whole Christmas season just a a really neat experience. But anyway, the note on this package read, on the first month of Christmas. And as we read the whole poem, which, by the way, rhymed and was adorable, um, we discovered that the secret Santas intended to leave us a gift on our porch once a month throughout the coming year. What? I mean, wow. To always keep the spirit of Christmas in our hearts, the poem read. And you know what? They did. Every single month, 
On some random evening, our doorbell would ring, and there on the porch would be an amazing gift, which was always an exciting event at our house. There were sometimes adorable gardening supplies and flowers and seeds and things like that in the spring. There was barbecue and picnic items in the summer, uh, pumpkins, there were games, things for the kids to do and play. There was always wonderful goodies and treats. But we ended up moving to a city about 60 miles away before the end of the year. But guess what? The gifts still came. In fact, it was the gifts arriving after we moved that kind of helped me discover who these wonderful secret Santas were. The father of my sweet friend Lori often came to our city on business and he would stop by with the gifts. Now we knew him because we had all lived in the same area and we knew each other through church. Although we knew a lot of the same people, he would never tell us who the person was that was sending the gifts or the people. But I just figured it out because I knew Lori and what a kind and wonderful heart she has. I knew it was her, along with her husband and her daughter. I hope she knows what a wonderful experience that was for our family and how it really did help us to keep the spirit of Christmas in our hearts that whole year. Our family kept on the tradition of the 12 days of Christmas. Well, with all the moving that we did, our family never could commit to 12 months of Christmas, but 12 days we could do that. So now here we are living in another state and my daughters and I were shopping for the perfect gift for a family just a couple of days before Christmas. We had been leaving gifts on their porch and now it was like the 22nd or 23rd of December. I thought of my sweet friend, and I will call her Sharon, and her precious two little girls as we wrapped up that angel that we had brought home. Sharon was married, but her husband was emotionally abusive and I don't know what all, but I didn't like him very much. But I adored Sharon. She was wonderful. She truly was one of the kindest people I have ever known and such a good mother to her girls. She didn't have much, not even many Christmas decorations because of her controlling husband, but she never complained. We hoped she would like the angel. We drove to Sharon's neighborhood and parked around the corner and the kids, you know, sort of quietly, but not really, creeped up to the front door and they placed the wrapped package on the porch. They rang the doorbell and then ran around the corner to the car as quickly as they could. And I just took off. Well, the next day or so, I got a phone call from Sharon. She said, you are not gonna believe this. Yesterday, my girls and I were out shopping and we saw this beautiful angel. The girls wanted her so bad, but I knew Randy would never let me buy it. But someone has been leaving us gifts on our porch for the past several nights. They just ring the doorbell and run, and we can't figure out who it is. And last night, the gift was that exact same angel, the one that the girls wanted so much. Well, you can imagine, my heart practically leaped right out of my chest. How wonderful for the girls! I'm so happy for them! But I was also happy for my kids. I could hardly wait to tell them. This is the spirit of Christmas. This is keeping Christ in your heart all year long. When you have the opportunity to do something kind for someone else, you are showing Christ-like love. I'm so, so grateful for the wonderful people who have shown our family Christ-like love in so many ways over the years. May we all keep the spirit of Christ in our hearts this Christmas and all year long. Well, that was just my little experience that we had as a family. And now I'm going to read you a story that was sent in by one of our listeners. I love this cute little story because I can relate to it as a mom, and you probably can too. It starts out with a little quote by Teneva Jordan, 
It says, a mother is a person who, seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces she never did care for pie anyway. I love that. This story was sent in by Yolanda, I think it is, Yolanda Forbes, and it was written by Jennifer Yardley Barney. I knew I was not supposed to be quite so excited. I was too old for that. At age 11, the oldest, and my mom's grown-up girl, I had to keep my cool. I was in middle school after all. But every chance I got when I was alone, I checked each present under the tree. I read every tag and felt every package, guessing at the contents within. I had examined each gift so often that I could tell which present went to which person without even looking at the tags. It had been a tough year for my family. Whenever my mom looked over at the tree and scattered presents, she would sigh and warn us, there won't be as much for Christmas this year, try not to be disappointed. Christmas had traditionally been a time for my parents to spoil us rotten. In years past, the presents would pile up and spill out from under the tree, taking over the living room. I had heard the phrase, giving is better than receiving, but thought, well, whoever said that must have been out of their mind. Getting presents was the whole point. It was the reason I couldn't get to sleep on Christmas Eve. On Christmas morning, we eagerly waited in the hallway until Dad told us everything was ready. We rushed into the living room and let the wrapping paper fly. We made weak attempts to wait and watch while other people opened their presents, but as the time passed, we lost our self-control. Here's another one for you, said Mom as she handed me a package. I looked at it, confused. Having spent so much time examining the presents before Christmas, I recognized this one. But it had not been mine. It was my mom's. A new label had been put on it, with my name written in my mother's handwriting. Mom, I can't. I was stopped by my mother's eager, joyful look, a look I could not really understand. Let's see what's in it, honey. Hurry and open it. It was a blow dryer. Though this may seem but a simple gift, to me it was so much more. Being an 11-year-old girl, I was stunned. In my world, where receiving outweighed giving by light years, my mom's act of selflessness was incomprehensible. It was a huge act. Tears filled my eyes and I thought in disbelief about how much my mom must love me to give up her Christmas so I could have a few more presents. I have always remembered that Christmas fondly. It had such an impact on me. As an adult with children in my life whom I adore, I can now understand my mom's actions. I see how she was not giving up her Christmas as I had thought, but was finding an even greater joy in her Christmas because giving truly is better than receiving. My mom's simple act meant the world to me. Isn't that just an adorable little story? I just think that's so sweet. It reminds me of Christmas growing up at my house because we, like the girl in this story, used to look at all the presents under the tree and try to guess what was in each one of them. But our mom kind of caught on that that's what we were doing. So from then on, she never put names on the presents. She always put a number or a color. So one year we might be silver. The next year we might be number two. The next year we might be green. The next year we might be number seven. We never knew who was what number or what color until Christmas Eve when she shared with us what number we had or what color we had. And it was so much fun the whole season because not only did we try and guess what was in each package, we tried to guess what number or color each other was. So that was a lot of fun. 
Okay, I have another story here. This one is called The Christmas Wreath, and it is by a man that some of you may recognize. His name is Glenn Rawson. He has a radio program, and he shares stories all the time. In fact, he's known for his wonderful, wonderful stories. Well, this year he's put out a new book, and it's called Tell Me the Stories of Christmas. And so I picked up the book, and I read through a couple of them. And I thought, well, maybe I could share a couple of those on my podcast. So I wrote to Mr. Glenn Rawson and asked him how he felt about that, and he said that would be just fine. So I am going to read to you tonight the story of the Christmas wreath. The other day, something occurred to me that entirely changed my perspective on Christmas. It started with something a young friend of mine said. He said Christmas should mean everything the Savior means. Now that's a simple statement, but it has a profound meaning. And then it occurred to me that if prayer is the hour of the day, each day when we remember the Savior, and our church meetings are the hours of our weekly remembrance, well, then Christmas is the season of our yearly remembrance. Christmas is like a sacramental season in which we remember the Savior and His love and sacrifice. So in that spirit, may I share this story. As a young man, Jeff came from a childhood of affluence. For him, Christmas meant thousands of dollars worth of presents under the tree for the family. He loved to see the Christmases like the ones that he remembered where each child had 15 presents under the tree. Then his life was turned upside down. When he was 12, his parents divorced, and during that time, life became a struggle for survival. After three years, his mother remarried a man whose wealth was great, but not in money, but in faith and love. Added to Jeff and his four siblings were eight of Jack's children. Mom's budget for their first Christmas was $130, $10 for each of 13 children. Well, that was an adjustment. Jeff was angry. $10 worth of gifts? Ha! This was not a real Christmas. And then something happened again. On Christmas Eve, all the family loaded up in an old used bus to go caroling. One of their stops that night was a place called Paradise Ranch. As Jeff and his family were a model of having not, the Raymonds were a model of having. A private golf course, three private lakes with private fishing and boating, they had much. It was indeed a paradise. Well, Jeff and his family's joyous caroling interrupted the Raymonds' Christmas party. And so the Raymonds and their guests came outside on the deck and listened to the family's caroling. But you know, no one can listen very long to a Christmas carol without joining in. Soon they were all singing, and then it wasn't long before something as holy as Christmas itself descended upon that little gathering. Mrs. Raymond began to cry, and soon each of them was in tears. As Jeff and his family began to sing Silent Night, Holy Night, Mrs. Raymond reached up and took down a very expensive wreath, and she hung it around Jeff's neck. A change came over that young man at that point that has lasted from that day to this. Christmas was no longer the price of the gifts. It was a spirit of love and giving. There was a dawn of redeeming grace within him. Now today, many years later, and with travels all over the world, Jeff and his family still have and still cherish that wreath. It has become a symbol of the love and the sacrifice and the sharing that is Christmas. May it be so with you, and Merry Christmas to you. That story was adapted from an experience by Jeffrey Clark Bettinger. Well, I think that's going to do us for our first time of reading Christmas stories in the month of December. But I will be back hopefully next week with some more Christmas stories. I hope you will join me. hope you'll continue to check out the Facebook page and the Instagram and the website. 
and check back often to see if I actually got a podcast out. That would be great. Thanks for listening. This is always a lot of fun for me, and it feels good to be back doing it again. Is it too early to say Merry Christmas? Okay, I will just say um, happy shopping. How's that? Happy shopping, and I will see you next week. Bye.